This morning, we, for those who are new or you haven't been here a minute, we are in a series. Uh, we began it the first Sunday in January. We're still here. It's called First Things. And it's based on the Sermon of the Mount. And um, it's one of those things that, uh, that when Jesus, how many know when, you, when, when the, the creator of the universe takes on flesh and he has the first thing that comes out of his mouth, a public um, a public sermon, a message that he wants to share with his followers. How many know that's important? Like, this is the first thing I want you to know. And this is the longest recorded sermon that Jesus preached. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's actually referenced in Luke as well. But the whole sermon is outlined and is actually recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we've, we've started this journey in January and we're still on it. And the reason Jesus did this, I, gotta, I, I want us to get this. He didn't want us just to have information. Information's good. Uh, we live in an information age. Like you guys right now. You can find out what the temperature is going to be next week and the next 10 days. You can find out anything you want right here in the palm of your hand. So it's not just simply about information, but it's really more about transformation. And so when Jesus was telling his disciples and when he was uh, giving them this sermon, um, it was a grand total of about, depending on how fast you read, 10 to 12 minutes. How many know you can handle a 10 to 12 minute sermon? Can y'all, y'all can say, amen. Woo. I like that. <laughs> I'm not that good. I'm not Jesus. I'm trying. <laughs> We're actually expanding on that. So, um, but in there, he, he actually went through and started at the beginning and started with their attitude. And everybody knows who's ever you know, those who have children, those who are bosses, those who have been under bosses. How many know attitude is everything? Like attitude will determine your altitude. Like how far you go will determine that attitude. If you got a bad attitude, you've been around people and you know right off the bat, I've, I've been around them and I'll talk to them. And, you know, I'm not a glass is half full. I'm usually a glass is three quarters full kind of guy. And, um, but I'll talk to them and they'll tell me, yeah, I already tried that. Yep. Okay. Well, have you thought about it? Already tried that. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Hey, have you thought about it? Yeah, I already tried that. I'm like, I said, man, there's just no hope for you. I don't know what to tell you. No, it's one of those things that no matter what, um, Jesus was saying this attitude is everything that how we pursue him and how we, we pursue this life and live it. And so he started with that and laid out a path of what he himself would live out before them. So he went on this three-year journey with them. He started with this sermon, and then he lived it out before their very eyes. And it impacted them so much that only one of them died of old age. The rest of them said, I'll give my life for this guy. I've watched it. i experienced it. It is so powerful. I don't care. Take my life. I, it is worth that much to me. And so it's not simply about information. It is about transformation. So he went from attitude and then he 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 kept on going and demonstrating what what loving your enemies looks like and um, those who are less than hospitable to you um, that that actually even says spitefully use you and he says to pray for them and to, to bless them and he demonstrated that on the old rugged cross where he Laid his life beaten beyond recognition, looks at the ones that just that did that to him and said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. 
That is a powerful thing to experience to, when, when he's looking them in the face. And then we walked into, uh, that's in, 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 in Matthew 5 and then 6. We started with holy habits and then went right into possessions and went into uh, practical use of those. And today we're going we're gonna to pick up again, but we're moving to the next chapter, chapter 7. Now, we've gone through this methodical and slow because... There are so, mis, so many misunderstandings in Scripture, and it's the same thing Jesus did in Matthew 5. Because he said, you have heard it said. You have heard it said. And in church today, there are people who say, well, this is what the Bible says. And I'm like, mm, it can. And if we're not careful, we'll make it say what we want it to instead of what it actually says. And we've got to be careful that when we're walking through this, Jesus was very specific about what he was trying to communicate and what we're going to walk through. And today is no different because we went straight from possessions to, to chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And I want to read that for us. And it starts with judge. Man, there's a fun one right off the bat. This whole thing of, of hey, you'll see as we walk through this one today, there'll be another. There'll be some of you go, hmm. I ain't so sure about that, Pastor Mark, <laughs> because we have ideas and thoughts and opinions of what judging looks like. And so Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. <laughs> Ooh, man, that's an opening statement to go, whoa, hold on. He goes on to say, for what judgment you judge... With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your eye, your own eye. And then he's with an exclamation point, hypocrite. Ooh. Jumps out there. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then he goes and makes this weird statement, verse 6, and we're going to unpack that. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, Least they trample them under, under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to take a moment. We've been praying. We've already prayed a few times this morning, opening the service and right out of worship. And, and I want to take just another minute because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring some revelation. This one passage, this, the very first verse, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 is used more than any other verse in and outside of the church. Both believers and unbelievers, they may not know the Bible, but they know that verse. <laughs> it's amazing. I know that one. Mm -hmm. You judging me? Don't you judge me? And so I want us to pray real quick that, uh, that he would illuminate this in our heart so that when we leave out of here today, man, we're going to have a major impact in our own lives and those around us. So, Father... Once again, we do come to you, and I thank you for your word, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your love and your truth, that, Lord, it's what surrounds us. It's what, it's what impacts us. It's what changes us. 
Lord, I pray this morning, starting with me, starting with me, Lord, that we would be so impacted by this, these six verses, that, Lord, when we walk out of here, we'd have a new outlook on life, that, Lord, we'd experience power like we've never had before as we go to change the world the same way you did, Jesus, when you physically walked this earth. Lord, everywhere you went, you brought change. Lord, help us to do that today as we study your word and allow it to change us. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. So like I said, this is one of those that we really like, don't you judge me. And I've had that, I experienced this this past week. When I was just calling somebody out on something, it wasn't even a major thing. And this guy like, don't you preach to me. I'm like, what? I was just trying trying to say one little thing. And I was using a verse um, and I I wasn't trying to beat him over the head with a verse. Now we know people that do that. They get the Bible and they call them Bible thumpers. And they want to thump you over the head with like, and they want to shout and they want to be loud with it and they want to thump you like, hey, you don't got it, I got it. And I wasn't, I was just, this guy wouldn't let me say a word. And I said, have you ever read Proverbs where it says, with many words comes many sins? Because he just kept on going. I'm like, you're contradicting yourself so much. And I was trying to help him. And we've been working with him for a long time and he would not receive that. So finally, I just, I used this, this, this teaching that I've been studying and I was like, Oh, roof, roof. <laughs> I'm not casting that before him anymore. I'm done. I'm like, this is not going to be received. I'm like, I just sat and listened for a little bit longer and said, okay, look, I got to go. God bless you. Um, but when we look at it, you got to think when we talk about being judged, be, this is the reason we don't want nobody to do it is because it's usually out of self-preservation. Let's be honest. Somebody sees something as they bring it up and you're like, whoa, hold on. Either we don't know how to deal with it or we don't want to deal with it. And so what we do is we'll throw this out. Are you judging me? Are you, you better not be judging me. And so what we'll do is we'll say out of self, you know, I, I don't want nobody to see. I don't want to be exposed. And so we will go harder back at them instead of receiving what Jesus wants us to receive and helping us walk this life out you know it's amazing because when you look at these six verses there's just a few things that jump off the page and that first one is judge the very first word judge and judgment are one then the, the second is measure or measurement the that we use the next one is brother and we're going to go ahead we know in scripture that it's jesus and just talking about the brethren He's talking about the sistren or sisters. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Sorry. King James gets you a little crazy in there. <laughs> talking about the brothers and sisters. And so we're all included in there. We're not throwing y'all out. Um, and then he mentioned a, a specific part of the brother or sister, their visual, their sight. What I'm just talking about is like what you see. And then he also mentioned some things like, uh, depending on what version you're looking at, I was just reading out of the New King James where it says a speck and a plank. It, one was sawdust and a log. It, it gives a, a, an impression that you got this big thing hanging right here and you're worried trying to get this little speck out of somebody else's. So it gives that. And then he uses the word which, with an exclamation point, hypocrite. And then the final thing he used was dogs and hogs. 
Now, I don't think the SEC was around then, and I don't think Jesus was prophesying what was going to happen in college sports and all that, you know, with, you, with all those, you know, dogs and hogs. But he was talking about physical things that he had witnessed in that day. And so when we start with judgment and judging, here's one that we've got to unpack. Jesus was not saying, you don't judge. Don't you dare judge. What he was looking at in perspective, what he was talking about literally was talking about for us to use discernment when we talk about relationships with people, places, and things. And matter of fact, in Matthew, that a little later in that chapter, in verses 16 and 17, he actually says this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes and figs from thistles? We'll look at that later. We'll talk about good trees and bad trees. That's, that's a couple weeks away. But, but Jesus says, how would you know what a false prophet is that we're supposed to not go around we're like, okay, I, I can't say anything about this. It's like, no, he wasn't saying don't judge. He was saying don't be judgmental. And there's a big difference because when we talk about it and we look at, I, I love what Paul mentioned in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He picks up on this thing about judging. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, he says this, is if any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare to take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Check this out. This is in the church, y'all. This is us. Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if, we are, and if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? So this thing of saying, oh, we can't judge. No, we are definitely called to use discernment and discretion and to call to mind um, when we see something, we can say something. It's not with a blind thing. Matter of fact, if we look at the context Jesus is meaning here, remember he used the word brothers or sister, that it's in the context of relationship. And so when we think about it, um, I think of Ephesians 5.21 where Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That if I'm living in a right relationship with my brothers and sisters, you owe it to me. You owe it to me when you see something in my life to say something. Now, I get it worse than most of you because I have a lot of eyes on me. Some of y'all like, yeah, you put yourself in that one. Like, hmm. <laughs> well, let me finish the message before you come. Just let's, let's get in and dig a little deeper. <laughs> but, but we have people that are looking. We're like, hey, it's out of love that we do this. This is not out of hate, and it's not out of spite, and it's not out of what we'll see in just a minute. There's two words when I think about this battle that we all face with judging and being judged. And the two main things are this, appearance and experience appearance and experience two main things that we deal with and so when we think of the term judgment uh it, it carries some very negative connotation especially in our culture today as a result uh, the word itself has become almost exclusively associated with this pious holier-than-thou hypocritical condemnation of other people 
Like, I'm better than you. And the church, for all practical purposes, I'm sorry, we've done a poor job at different times at just trying to help people walk out and get close to Jesus. We think if we beat them down and we tell them how bad they are, that somehow they're going to come to faith in Christ. And I just want to tell you, Jesus, that was not his model. He gave grace to the humble, and he gave law to the proud. And that's what this is about. Make no doubt about it. This is about pride and humility. And so when we think of this, judgment and all, I've got to make this very clear. That when we talk about appearance, um, this is not talking about eternal judgment. So when Jesus uses it here, this is a below the sun issue that Jesus is talking about. He just got finished. Literally, in that sermon, he was talking about our possessions and talking about storing up treasures. And he was talking about what we do and how we operate with that. And then he's going into relationship. Hey, this is how, what this looks like amongst yourself. This was not saying, hey, I'm going to face him at, as this thing. And, and even when he says measure, many people take that to mean well, you wait till you stand before God, and then God's going to get you with this. <laughs> the same way you did it, I'm going to do it to you. That has nothing to do with it. No, this is, has to do with the way you treat others is the way they're going to treat you. This is, a, this is a horizontal issue, a below-the-sun issue. The way that I walk this life and walk my faith out with other brothers and sisters in the Lord will determine how, how approachable am I. How, how willing am I to get this together? I always cut up with, with, um, with some of my close friends. Hey, look, you're supposed to call me out on stuff. You, you're, you're supposed to keep me out of the paper <laughs> unless I take out the ad. So, so it's like, hey, I love you enough and you, you love me enough to do that. And so when we think about it, this, this, this below the sun issue, it's based in this one word that all of us have. This English word where we call prejudice. Everybody say that, prejudice. And it really is rooted in prejudging. And so we prejudge all the time in many different ways. Um, it's, it, many times, that's why we start with appearance. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mentioned this last week, and I got some things back over that, hey, this thing of dressing up in church, that's nowhere in Scripture. It's not there. It started in the 1800s with England when the, the mills began to make different clothes. Most people till that time, they only had like two sets of clothes, you know. And so people were like, hey, we get to look like them. We get to look like the, the, the fancy rich people. We can dress up and look how nice we look. We're good because we look good. And I just want to tell you, church is never about looking good. It's, about, it's not about, hey, look at our goodness. It's about experiencing his goodness and then going and sharing that with the people out there that need it most. And so when we think about this whole thing of, of this prejudging, we prejudge on clothes. And people generally know it the moment they see you. I've had people, and I, I, and I'm, I told them that they're the ones supposed to be here to help me with this. That they feel judged when they came in the church. And I said, well, that's got to be your fault. Because <laughs> we could never have done that. <laughs> and I said, I was only cutting them. I said, well, no, that's why God had you here, to help us break that down. Because the truth is, every one of us know when we get that look. I'm guilty of it. 
I'm maybe not even knowingly or willingly. I'm a people person, but I'm sure there's times where I've walked up and I, I maybe gave a different look. Matter of fact, this happened a few weeks ago or back in December during basketball season. A, a man from the visiting team, I didn't even know him. I'd never seen him. I didn't even recognize him. But somehow one, somebody that did know him came up and he said, he asked, he wanted to know why I was mad at him. And I went, huh? Who? And he pointed the man out. So he came walking over there. I said, hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> he said, why are you mad at me? And I went, who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? Are you, oh, you're with the other team? I said, I don't even remember looking at you. I mean, there's a whole stands I'm looking out, but apparently I had a mean look on my face. And somehow he said, I, I'm judging him that I don't, somehow don't like him. And I went, dude. Forgive me. I had to apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't notice you, but I do now. Hey, I'm Mark Linton. What's your name? <laughs> and so the, the thing is that we've got to be careful. We may not even know we're doing something. Because it's, pre it's already in us. It's already there. And we've got to acknowledge that. Because, no, not me, never. And the truth is, we like what we like. We like who we like. And so when we think about that, Appearance is so much a part of that. It can be on many different things with appearance. It can be the, listen, y'all, it can be the color of a person's skin, something as basic as that. Let's be honest, in our culture, we have seen that and we still, man, I am with all my heart and, and soul, Lord, help us break that completely out of our society, but it's not, it's still there. Y'all, I even get it sometimes. I had, um, because some people, they cut up with me because my origin is I'm of, of Middle Eastern. Some of y'all don't know. Some of them think, some of y'all think I'm Spanish. I've had Italian. I'm actually, my mom's full-blooded Syrian. And so sometimes I had people, you know, back in the day when I used to, you know, be out in the sun. I can't do that now. But I'd get very dark. And they would ask me, you know, hey. Where are you from? And I said, Jacksonville, Florida. That's where, that's where I'm at, right here, Jacksonville. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because my son caught that too in school. Remember in middle school, his first day showing up after the summer, and he'd been out there working. And he had somebody come up to him, and this person asked him, said, is you black or is you white? And he said, huh? Looking at his skin in sixth grade. And he's like, Dad, I didn't know how to answer him. I was like, Sure. Something as simple as our basic, and we can't celebrate that. Y'all, we got to celebrate. That's a simple thing. Celebrate. Everybody here likes color. Anybody seen those, you, those videos on YouTube where somebody gets the glasses and they got the stigma in their eyes and they finally get to see in color and like, oh, they're crying because they get to see color for the first time. It's so beautiful. Can we not do that with our skin? It's so beautiful. Can we not do that? Simple, but so profound. But yet, this is one of the areas that we think, look, just, just a couple years ago, we experienced in our own city, right here, Ahmaud Arbery. I cannot tell you. I lo we lost members because I went on YouTube and just said, I mean, on Facebook. I don't ever get on there. But I said, oh, no, this is an injustice. I run with my man. I know. And I lost members because, oh, you don't know the thing. And I'm like, no, I don't. But I saw and I can't help but speak to what I see. And, and so 
It's funny because I, everything I could be, I, we showed up at the courthouse for prayer, and there was prayer going on, and I know that's what, what caused this city to be able to walk through that. But we showed up at the courthouse. There was a prayer thing. I was, quote, the only white pastor there. There were 10 people there. Guess who showed up in the paper? I'm like, why did y'all put me in there? There are some incredible brothers and sisters right here. Why am I? We got to put a white guy on the paper showing up to pray for Ahmaud Arbery. I'm like, that's terrible. But when we look at it, skin is a big one. There's other things. Like when we look at culture, we look at accents. Come on, y'all. Some of them speak with accents. We're like, mm, I don't know about them. I may not know what they're saying because of their accent, but I'll lean into it. <laughs> hey, say that again. I'm learning Spanish on Duolingo. I'm still kind of way far behind, but I'm learning it. I love it. And it doesn't matter what it is, but if we hear somebody with a different, different accent, sometimes, of course, and then some of them, we know if it's a, it's a French accent, they're like, oh. You know, it's funny. We have prejudice of what we like and what we don't like. English accents. I mean, it's amazing what, what we can do. And so we'll do it through fitness. Through levels of fitness, you know, you get a bunch of guys around there like, yeah, what's up? You know, ah, tuck in your gut, like, what's up? What y'all doing? Good to see y'all. We'll do it through any way and means. The way we dress, the way, the clothes that we put on our body, you know, and, it, and it's ingrained in us. So they did this study. Here it is. This is a true study went on. And um, these are some studies that were documented this point of appearance. And it says, attractive students, and they didn't qualify what that is, attractive students receive more attention and receive higher evaluation from their teachers. Now, some of y'all, we might have to have a counseling session after this, but after that, we'll be glad to talk and pray through that. But it goes and it says, good-looking patients receive more personalized care from doctors and nurses. Like, oh, they, I'll talk to you. I'll be here. A study of male graduates, uh, excuse me, handsome criminals receive lighter sentences than less, than less attractive criminals. They have this look, and we do that all the time. You look at it, it's like, oh, look at that mug. Ooh, yeah, he's guilty. Ooh, she's guilty. Just because of, they can't help their facial features. Goes on to say, a study of male graduates at the University of Pittsburgh found that tallest students, this one hit me personally, At least let me finish. <laughs> Y'all read it too? <laughs> it says that <laughs> tallest students had a starting salary that was 12% higher than their shorter classmates. See, see how hard I had to work myself to Look, it's, it's true. So when we look at appearance, we got to be careful. It can be a thing where we judge, prejudge according that. Um, it says plain people earn 5 to 10% less than people with average looks, who in turn earn 3% to 8% less than those deemed good looking. And then finally, human beings are hardwired to respond. This was the one that really got me, and this, this made me feel good right here. It says, respond to favorably attractive people. Even studies of babies show they will look more intently and longer at prettier faces. And I want to tell you, I can look at babies and they just look at me. And I just thought it was just because of how different I looked from them. And they're like, oh, because they'll just sit there and look. Ah, 
<laughs> and they'll just glaze. I'm like, and I read this. I'm like, see, they just knew some stuff other people didn't know. That's all it was. But we got to be careful because if we don't, this is what we, we, we said in our world. I love what James, the brother of Jesus, said in chapter 2 in the, the book he wrote, the letter he wrote. He said, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold ring, bling, bling, in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves? And become judges with evil thoughts? Just because of the way somebody looks. The outward exterior. And we've got to be careful. Matter of fact, a little later in that chapter, he goes on to say in verse 8 through 10, If you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin. And are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the law, the whole law, and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of it all. You know, the thing I think um, that um, is that we, this thing of appearance, it's like because of social media is a big part of that. How many of you have ever saw something, got enraged with it, and went what they call the keyboard warrior? You saw something, instantly you judged it, you prejudged it, it already hit you, and all of a sudden, man, I'm going after them. I'm going after them. Doesn't, don't even care about them. Don't care if they're brother or sister, don't know nothing about them, but I'm going to get my vengeance because I don't like it. And it's funny because, y'all, true story, to those of us who are older, um, I have a son, you know him, in that, you, you refer to him as Pastor Mark Anthony, I refer to him as son, but are a number of other things that we have that... And, uh, but he went to school for this very thing, for social, for, for marketing. And he's the one that helps me with, hey, what you think? I don't know this stuff. I don't ever get on there. But if I post something, he'll be the one that's looked at it before it goes out. Because I don't. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. But he, he shared with me one time that people literally post things to get you to bite on it. And to comment on it, even though it's completely fake. And it's Christians, mainly older Christians, they get up in arms. Yes, and they're going, you're, you're talking to a bot. You're talking. It doesn't matter. But they stir this in you, and all they're doing is hitting your, your, pre, your prejudice, your prejudged things. And so can I challenge us that we stop with this eyesight where we just see a snapshot of something? And then we want to jump on it. In today's society, it used to be you were, you were innocent until proven guilty. Now you're guilty until proven innocent. No matter what happened. You are guilty before you are even before you are proven innocent. You've got to prove that. And I'm not going to go into all the cases. There's many that we can look at. And so we've got, to, we've got to realize that we have these prejudices and we can't be judgmental that, yeah, are we supposed to, as followers of Christ, to walk in harmony with one another and help each other in our weaknesses? 
It all goes back to Romans 3.23. I don't have it up there, but it's very familiar. It says, what does it say? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and fallen short of that glory. And it doesn't mean that that gives us a, a carte blanche uh, pass to sin. What it does is say, hey, we've all done that. We work from that perspective. That, hey, I've blown it, you've blown it. But, hey, we don't have to keep doing that. We don't have to keep doing that because I love you, you love me. We can walk this out together. And so the second one that we looked at, we looked at appearance. Now we want to look at experience. Because a lot of times we judge on the basis of my experience, what I've seen, what I've experienced. And then we translate that to others. Why aren't you experiencing that? I've experienced it. Why haven't you? And I remember my own testimony. And this is mine real quickly, briefly. I got arrested on Friday. I got out on Saturday. I came to this church on February the 9th, 1986. Just celebrated 38 years, y'all. Praise God, just this month. That, and, and gave my life to the Lord and never touched another drug. And have not touched another drug in my life, ever. Hadn't had a desire. And that's from somebody that came off of everything you could think. They didn't have fentanyl and all that. But as far as acid, mushroom tea, all of it, I was, that was my testimony. I'm not saying that proudly to my shame, but to say, I can't then take that. Well, why can't you get off of this stuff? What's wrong with you? Hey, he did it for me. He's going to do it for you. It's like, no, there's people in different places, different situations, what they walk through, what's happened to them. I had somebody recently that we were talking about taking somebody from a family that came from the same family, grew up in the same household, and one just decides, I'm just going to walk this out. I'm, I'm on the straight and narrow. I'm not messing it up. And then somebody else goes, whoop. Goes completely, what? And so what we naturally tend to do is like, well, that person, it's just them messed up. We don't know. I, I can't make it that easy. I can't say that. I can say I don't know what their experiences were. There's a lot that goes into that. And so if I just go ahead and prejudge that, then I have to do this, that I, the standard, my own personal standards, I'll be judgmental towards them. What's wrong with you? Why can't you get it together? And I just want to tell you, we're all broken and fallen people. John 7, 24 says it this way. Jesus is talking. He says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And so the reality is, is that you and your friends and have had some, the same sin struggles. This is the truth. So this is where what he meant when he said with the same measure. And he actually called them hypocrites. Because what we like to do is... If you've got a sin that's worse than my sin, that you're bad. <laughs> like, hey, your sin's worse than mine, and so I'm going to come after you. Instead of what he was saying is, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. All sin is bad. Every sin. So we, in the church, you can have somebody that's a gossip, and it's in the church, y'all. Don't tell anybody. So y'all get the joke. It's like they're going to tell everybody. But anyhow. <laughs> you tell the gospel, I'm going to tell. <laughs> like, it's true. You know people right now, if you want everybody to know, you tell them and it's going to get out. You know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> like, if I need this to get out, I will tell them and it will spread. <laughs> but hey, gossip's not that bad. But hey, you look at somebody with a drinking problem, it's like, now they're, man, they're just messed up. What's wrong with them? Or you look at somebody that, uh, that has a gluttony problem. Come on now. There's some people that eat for relief. 
And so what we do is there again, we try to go after people, low-hanging fruit and what's wrong with them and appearance. And I just want to tell you, we don't know everything that goes behind that. And so we, we pick on people or we make fun and we belittle or we, we judge. And I just want to challenge us this morning. Jesus was talking about not judge but being judgmental. He was saying, look, don't look at other people's sin and look at it like, well, theirs is bad. And then we want to go after them. I love what Galatians 6, chapter 1 says. I didn't put that up there too. I got it in my notes, but I didn't stick it because I was looking at time. But Galatians 6, 1, to the church at Galatians. Paul writes very clearly, and I want us to get this. Paul, an apostle sent from, the, from um, sent not from men, but uh, not, sent not from men, nor by men, but from, by Jesus Christ, the God and Father, who raised him from the dead. It's grace and peace be to you and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say um, that who, who gave himself up for our sins and according to the will of God the Father and whom thing. He goes on to say in 6.1 that, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, and let me say to you, most of the time, we have to be caught in something before we change it. Just being honest. Not being ugly. Guilty. We've got to be caught in something before. It's gotten serious. I got caught. Okay, now I've got to deal with it. But even then, some people don't want to deal with it. He said, for those, you, you who are spiritual should restore him or her gently. What? We're supposed to get some stones out. Dude, you blew it. And in the church, there's a saying that goes, the, the Christian's the only one that killed their wounded. And we want to look at it. Hey, y'all think I'm kidding? Church people killed Jesus. We're going to be looking at that in a, in a few weeks, about six weeks away, five weeks away. But we've got to be understanding and say, but watch yourselves and you who, are, who also may be tempted. And he said, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So when we talk about judging, this is what I want us to get to. That we have to rightfully judge. We got to look at our motives because Jesus was saying when he said, you hypocrite. He says, why are you so focused on theirs? You've got this log. And what he meant by that is when we sin, it's closest to us. And so we know it better than anybody else. So in every one of us, there's a part of me that I see that you don't see. But in the same manner, there's a part that you see that I don't see, that I'm blind to. And so what happens is, because I see it in so close to me, it's like this big log sitting there. I can't see good because I got my own sin I'm dealing with. But yet, I don't want to focus on that. Let me keep looking at yours. And then I feel better about myself. And I don't have to deal with mine. And what Jesus is saying, hey, stop. Quit pretending like you don't have anything wrong. Quit pretending that you've got it all together. And he's saying, hey, hypocrites, stop with the underjudges and the overjudges of everyone else. Stop being the one that says, hey, my experience is different than yours. No, it's all the same. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. But in a, in a gospel-soaked believer, and what that means is the love of God's been poured out, you got to ask yourself this question. And making right judgments of others um, should be, is it, um, 
Is it in the right order? In other words, have I already dealt with my sin first before I want to go point something out with somebody else? Have I already checked me out or am I just looking at everybody else? There's also, too, in making right judgments of others, it should be with the right heart of humility. There's another one. Making right judgment of others should be for the right purpose to help brothers and sisters, not to condemn I promise you, when somebody's going through something, I don't care what it is, they already know. You have a conscience. And what we do is we say, I don't want to put more heaping. I don't want to heap something on you. I want to help get something off you. And then Jesus said, was basically saying that we should be more concerned about our own sin and have grace to help others walk through theirs. And so when he talks about, at the end, when he talks about dogs and hogs, this is what he was talking about, y'all. And he used brothers. There are some people that will, they don't want to, do not bring that up to me. And you know them. You've, you've dealt with them. Maybe you're that person and you don't. Maybe they tried. And you're like, Mm-mm. you dug your heels in. This is where I want us as a body of believers, starting here at Christian Renewal Church, those watching online, that, that we could be a people that says, man, I really, really, really Love you. See, because I maintain love is not what you don't know about somebody. Some, so people will say, I love you. And that's because I love what I know about you or how you help me or what you do. True love, God love, agape love says, I know everything about you and I love you. I know everything about you and I love you. And so I want to challenge us this morning as we look at this, when we talk about this thing of judging. We are, Jesus wasn't saying don't judge, don't ever call anybody out, but it says the way we do it, the attitude with which we do it. Are we using grace? Have we experienced grace? So I'll say it this way, and it's a cliche, but it's the truth. Hurt people hurt people. Healed people heal people. And so if you're not in that place where you see something, and usually... This is a key sign. You get maddest about something you see in somebody else that you already see in yourself. Because you haven't been able to conquer it, so then you want to go after somebody else because, hey, I feel better. I did something about it instead of, hey, so, so what is all this about? So where, where, where are we getting to with this? This morning, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to take communion. Those who are watching online, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. It's the last Sunday of the month, we always do that corporately. And so we're going to do that. And I can't think of a better way or a better time to do this than for us to take a minute. And before we get out of this room this morning, this auditorium and those watching online, could we do some soul searching? Before we go and scroll and look at stuff that makes us mad and things I'm ready to get upset about and things I'm ready to go, I'm going to make a difference. Could we allow the Holy Spirit and the grace of God to make a difference in us and offer some grace to yourself for a minute and recognize the love that Jesus poured out for you and for me so that then we can then go when we come into a situation, we're not coming in with guns blazing, we're not coming in, we're coming in with grace-bought hearts that we say, I see you. So what's up? 
I'm not coming to tell you what you got to do or what you have to do. You got to do this, 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 and this. I'm not coming to put more weight on you. Let me help you pull some of that off. And let me just listen. Let me hear what's going on. And then I can offer prayer. That's what our freedom groups are all about. If you haven't done one of those, I challenge you. That Carl, who leads those, will tell you, this is what we do. We try to walk this out of people and say, man, you don't have to carry this stuff. You can settle yesterday's. And then it gives you the ability to do that. Men, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to sing as they pass this out. I want you to, they're going to lead us in a song. I'd asked Sam earlier in the week, could you please lead this when it's something dear to my heart so we're going to worship for a minute take a moment just evaluate take a take a moment to evaluate for a second right here sunday morning you came to church you made it praise god or you're watching us praise god now allow the holy spirit to do a work so that when we leave out of here we're different